Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. And this is Leah, co-founder of BakeSmart. Our can of cows are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses. So Leah, how are you doing today? I am doing so good because... What am I doing right now? I'm sucking on my White Fox vape pen. It's got my one-to-one and and get ready though, okay? Because just get ready because the one-to-one that I'm sucking on is called Untamed, okay? <laughs> so, and I'm feeling pretty untamed right now. <laughs> You're always untamed. No, I know because I love my girl at White Fox. I love Scarlett. I love her products. I'm sorry. I'm just like, ugh. I'm sorry. That's not my favorite product of the week, but I love that shit. So any hoosies, I'm doing really good. How are you, Diana? How is motherhood? <laughs> um, I'm doing well. I'm going to start with my favorite thing because you already brought it up. So it just naturally goes into okay. it. Okay. Think. All right. You do it. <laughs> Let's get this show on we the do road. You. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite thing is actually something that well, the founder was on our last episode, Andrea Brooks, and she is amazing. Amazing, as I like to say sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I also mispronounced her name. Speaking of amazing, I said Andrea, and it's Andrea. I don't know. What, I must have had 90210 on the brain or something, but. Or you must have had your amazing yeah, on your brain. Amazing. So you're like, Andrea. Andrea. <laughs> amazing Andrea. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you check out Sava, it's called getsava.com, but the company is Sava. And, and uh, we talked about it in the interview last episode, but it's basically like an Etsy for cannabis, which um, if you're not familiar with Etsy, you should become. <laughs> very familiar right away because you're supporting local speaking, artists speaking this is coming from an etsy addict yeah right <laughs> i mean support local artists and local businesses and small businesses and um i like sava because it's like a curated online boutique that really highlights these unique brands that are doing really interesting things um like for instance they have um this Kikoko brand, which we talked about before, where they have the herbal oh, yeah. teas. Um, mm-hmm. and they have some brownie mixes and things like that. I mean, Papa and Barkley. They have some really great uh, brands and really awesome products. And they also deliver if you're in the delivery area. I am not, unfortunately. But I think you should check them out for sure. And that's getsaba.com. And uh, they have a lot of great content on their website as well. And, uh, you know, I'm no, their website is great. <laughs> oh, me too. Well, I really love, uh, I really love aesthetics, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and their 
website is amazing. Mm-hmm. So yes, yes, shout out to and them. On, and and see, I almost did it again. Andrea is amazing, and um, totally support them. You know because they're amazing. So they're that's my favorite thing. Women doing amazing. That's things. what we like. Yes, it is a women led company. Amazing women too. doing amazing things. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> exactly. what's your favorite thing? <laughs> so my favorite thing is uh, we were lucky enough to get gift boxes from Moon Mother, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was so excited because, you know, it's all CBD products and I love CBD. But one of the things that I loved the most was her full spectrum hemp oil and it's 500 milligrams and it's, um, she sent us peppermint, which is my favorite flavor. She also has cinnamon and natural. So I was really excited that she sent me peppermint because out of those three, I would have picked peppermint for myself, but, uh, the effects were great. Uh, it's, I think that it's a very high quality product. I just went on her website. And she does a free shipping for all domestic orders over $75, and you can easily hit that, although her all of her products are very reasonably priced. And uh, the other thing is she has 50 reviews that are all five-star. So I felt that that was a really good indication that I'm not the only <laughs> one that thinks that her products are amazing. I, uh, amazing. amazing. And I agree. Amazing. <laughs> I love right? these products. Um, I tried the facial mm-hmm. serum, and you literally need, like, the teeniest drop and it goes all mm-hmm. over your face and it feels amazing and it works really well on keeping your face moisturized. Wow. So if you're old like me with wrinkles, oh, no. you I need that. Too. I, I put it on like right <laughs> away, but then I had to hand it over to Barb. But I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> I, oh, I know. It feels so yes. luxurious. And, and I, I love, love that. the tinctures. It's oh, perfect. It's oh, yes. perfect. I'm just doing so sound that's my favorite. Now. Oh, it's so, oh. <laughs> I know. Well, I want to give the website for Moon Mother really fast because, um, again, everybody knows how much I love my CBD, and this is a really great product. So it's moonmotherhemp.com, and it's M-O-O-N-M-O-T-H-E-R-H-E-M-P.com. So do go check out her products. Um, And she's also got a blog and just lots of great information on there. Another really nicely well-done website. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, so today we're going to talk about bud tenders and depending on who you are, that may or may not be your favorite topic, <laughs> right? Um, you know, it's, or right. who you've seen, right. I mean, right. my gosh, so many very varieties exactly. out there. And I just happen to be a little bit partial to <laughs> myself, you know, maybe bias a little bit because I may or may not be very close to one who is very good at his job. So... <laughs> He may or may not be our producer. That's okay to be biased. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We love Jr. And I mean, but Jr. Mm-hmm. knows his stuff. I mean, he can't help it that he's an awesome butt tender, but he sets the yes, bar really that's high, true. so to so. speak. Um, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we've also had the pleasure of talking to the likes of uh, Emma Chasen in the past, who has pretty much made her career on you know she started it off being a butt tender and finding ways to educate butt tenders but I'm getting ahead of myself um I think that it's very beneficial for businesses and patients to know butt tenders have one bed tender in your life that you you can confer with you know um because they're the ones that are you know seeing these products every day and testing them out and having people ask them opinions um patients take the recommendations very seriously especially if they've never ever used cannabis before 
Right. Well, I mean, you're, you right, wrong, or indifferent, you go into a um, dispensary. I know this, you know, when I first went into my very first dispensary in California, and for whatever reason, I mean, you just feel like, oh, they're the experts. They should know. They have the most experience. And a lot of times that's not really the case. A lot of times they're guessing mm-hmm. or they're telling you what they think you want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, that type of bud tender is starting to become less um, popular or frequent. But still, yeah. you have to be really careful. Um, do some research. We've said this before, before you even go in. So you can kind of have a baseline like that, you know, if your bud tender knows what he's talking about. Right. And we have a, we're going to put a link in the recap. Here's a six things that you can ask uh, a bud tender if you're a first time cannabis customer. Um, I'm just going to go over a couple of them really quickly. It says our... Um, when do you like to use cannabis? Now, if they are a patient themselves, which most of the time they are, they'll, they can recommend, they could say, this is what I really like to use. Or uh, what cannabis flavor profiles do you enjoy? That test whether or not the bud tender understands terpenes and, you know, different elements in the strain that can actually help whatever condition you're trying to treat. And right. if you want to get really personal, if they're okay with it, if it's Oh, if it's okay by the state law, because sometimes they're not allowed to get that personal or that specific. But um, you can ask them if they've had previous experience to cannabis, because believe it or not, some of them have never tried it before. So that is you know. true. I was in a dispensary, a small dispensary, and one of the buttenders says, "Yeah, I don't, I don't use." Right. I was yeah. like, "Oh, wow, that's interesting." I mean, I know. I know people that don't drink that are bartenders. So, I mean, what's the difference really? Right. Exactly. You don't, but as long as you're really knowledgeable about what the strain does Mm -hmm. and how it might affect you and, and also taking into consideration just people's just, I mean, we don't want them to be doctors, nor do we think that they're doctors, but they should have just a little bit of knowledge about what helps, you know, IBS or what helps anxiety or what helps that to die. But again, everybody's different. So Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's hard. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're not going to be able to give you, it's not going to be spot on every time. And obviously you're, the way you react to it is going to be different than anyone else, but at least it's a good starting point. At least, you know, something, right. that, you know, that they're referring to you, it, it worked for some people. So, you know, they're not just saying, oh, get this one because we're getting paid to tell you that, or, you know, right. <laughs> it's a promotional thing or whatever, you know, they're, they're, they're generally pretty honest about if they, they've never tried it before, they might say, I've never tried it, you know? So, right. um, and then also, so, so each state is going to be different, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm up here in Oregon. We have our own type of bed tenders down in California. Um, you go to the smaller, more rural areas, you're going to get a different type of bed tender than if you're in San Diego, LA or San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, so even within the state, every area is going to be different, but, um, they may not be able to talk about everything that you want to talk about, but they're going to be helpful about like what you were saying, market <laughs> research. And right. And if you're someone like Leah things. or someone from, you know, creative packaging, which we, you know, we will have Amy on in a future episode. And we've spoken about creative packaging in the past. If you're dealing with a, a, a particular part in this industry, you know, um, where you need to really focus on packaging, which is a big deal right now because a lot of people don't want to waste so much plastic, but they want to make it child resistant. And then there's certain states where they have to make it child proof. Um, so they have to use all this extra plastic. And there's a lot of things that go into that discussion. So 
who better right. to ask than a bud tender who's dealing with that all day long and they hear people you know on the on the ground saying hey this isn't you know this is ridiculous i can't open it with my arthritis or you know my kids can get right into it or something like that like you that's really right. awesome i mean that and that's how you effectuate change because right. your bud tenders they don't if they can think a product is fine if they're never getting any feedback from their um their uh customers right. sorry um but i think that pack that's a really great one packaging because what's really kind of crazy is that you can't recycle mm-hmm. um the packaging and so not to just i mean okay people are going to start thinking that i work for white fox i don't <laughs> but i have this box in my hand her box is made out of mostly um cardboard mm-hmm. and it is so childproof that i can barely ever get the vape cartridge out of the box mm-hmm. i mean that's how good this childproof packaging is and she's not using a ton of wasteful non-recyclable uh, I don't think a lot of people know that a lot of those plastics that they're using are non-recyclable plastics. Mm-hmm. So you need to let your bar- butt tender know, hey, I really like this product, but tell the manufacturer I'd rather see it in cardboard packaging mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that's a really great way to childproof nowadays right. is with the cardboard. And now, again, certain states have really, really arbitrary legal restrictions that make it so that you have to do it a certain way and there aren't any other ways around it. I think most of them, though, um, I will say just because I I was in the edibles business and just when you go to like MJ Biz Mm -hmm. and they're catering to a lot of different states, most of them, and I don't know, is Maryland not like this? Can you not have the cardboard childproof packaging there? Oh, no, you can. But I I know some of them are Yeah, I think most states now... as long as it's childproof, mm-hmm. which these this this cardboard is, as long as it's been certified as childproof, and a lot of the cardboard boxes have mm-hmm. been, then um, they pass. So that's one thing. Like if you are in a state, you may not know that. Right. Like you may think, oh, I'm stuck with the plastic, but actually, they have really good cardboard, completely childproof. They're certified as childproof, and that's what you, you know they have to look for. And you can ask for that. A lot of companies they do it because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so if they're using that hard plastic, it's usually because it's cheaper. A lot of the packaging comes from China and you really don't want to be putting food or marijuana in a plastic bottle that came from China. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a whole nother. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, "Mm, that's a, that's a heavy one. Okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that is okay. Um, Moving on. So there are moving on. Yeah, there are. We just talked about marketing opportunities and, and ways to improve your business based on a bud tender's um, expertise. But there's also opportunities for education, and by that I don't mean educating a patient or being educated by the bud tender. If you find spots, if you go into your dispensary or clinic or whatever it is, and you see that they're just like, eh, whatever, just whatever, just get this one, eh, you know, and they're really not paying attention. Then challenge them and say, look, here are some resources or find a way to like if you have a local dispensary that you prefer, say, hey, look, you know, maybe you could benefit from a little bit of this education because what they are doing is very important. It is kind of, in my opinion, very similar to going to the doctor's office and you're dealing with patients. You know, you're not dealing with just I mean, in some states, yes, you have recreational and people are just coming in to have a good time. But most of this is people trying to better them their health right in some kind of a way so it's very serious and you want them to take their jobs seriously so um like we spoke about earlier emma chasen who is an educator um 
she created an awesome yeah and she found she worked in the dispensaries and she saw a severe lack of education and it wasn't the bud tender's fault you know it's because the company didn't say hey look we we're challenging you we want our bud tenders to be the best we want them to take this seriously here's some extra you know information what have you here's an extra course you can take that sort of a thing um or provide them with some materials, what, whatever it may be. They're, they're, instead of complaining about bud tenders, I'm saying, like, let's find solutions. You know, there's there right. is a way to find a solution. Because Well, and that's, again, where you use your voice to, to tell the dispensary, look, you know what, I love your bud tenders. They're really great people. They seem like they're trying really hard. Maybe you should pay for some education because Green Flower Media mm-hmm. has a great bud tender course. I think that there are other cannabis universities. Uh, Oaksterdam, I think, has a bud tender course mm-hmm. that you can take. So there's lots of ways to get educated if you are a bud tender or if you are you know, frequenting a dispensary and you really love the dispensary, you don't want to change, you know, talk to the manager, tell them, look, mm-hmm. um, these are the things that I find are lacking and maybe you guys could do this. And mm-hmm. if I were a bud tender though, I would be doing lots of research on my own about oh, that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's just like, like any, it's like any industry, right? right. You're going to try and make yourself as good as possible. Well, I mean, that's not always the case, but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm, th- I'm saying in my opinion, you're dealing with patients and you're dealing with people's health and you're dealing, I mean, this is something that, is serious and you should take it right seriously um, right because if you recommend something if you just have a blase i don't care attitude whatever uh i'm just working because i like pot ugh, you know if you're one of those people that's fine but if you're a tender you're telling somebody oh just get this because you're gonna get you know more bang for your buck or whatever that doesn't work for some people and that ends up making it so that they go to the hospital and then we all look like idiots because you know somebody said oh get more bang for your buck and didn't pay attention to what you were referring um to a patient you know or a customer well and also taking into consideration like well like i've said this before when i went to elementa for the first time and they gave me a 75 milligram chibachu mm-hmm. and just said oh you make sure you take it when you're at home well a 75 milligram when i can only handle five milligrams was i mean that would have sent me to the hospital in a hot minute but so and in those days thankfully i mean that was four or five years ago so those days thankfully are few and far between but still yeah you've just got to be really careful because people going people especially like me with not very much knowledge behind me when i did that first trip Mm -hmm. um they really look to the bud tender to like help them have the best experience possible Right. It's and not, that won't happen. It's not the same thing as over, bartending. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but right. like it's, it's, no, not, no. it's not like, you know, you have a drink and it was kind of nasty and you threw up or something and then you went home and had a hangover. Like this is something that is a precarious situation because we're all trying to legitimize it and it can genuinely change the, the healthcare industry in such a better way. And that's my whole thing. Like I can see that possibility and I can right. also see us ruining it because of things like people not doing their educate you know their their due diligence for their job and finding out what they're actually recommending to people you know um exactly well it's it's like so if you you know so a couple points one is you're exactly right i mean we have so much 
scrutiny on us because we have so much stigma. This plant comes with a lot of stigma and we're trying to legitimize it. And so we have to be really careful. And I think that one of the ways bud tenders can do it, if you look at your position as a bud tender, almost as if, you know, you are a professional, like a, an attorney or a doctor or a lot of industries, you have to take continuing education uh-huh. to stay on top of it. And that's what I would suggest to bud tenders. Take continuing education to stay on top of trends uh-huh. and the way things are coming out and, you know, what people are saying and just on top of your whole industry. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes you a better bed tender. You can demand a lot more pay too. If you know all this stuff, I mean, you're going to be able to demand more. And I think that that's what we're going to be seeing, thankfully, is these bed tenders are going to be, start to become a really well-paying job. Mm-hmm. And the more you know, they get, uh, the more right, exactly. you know, valuable and, you are. And there's so much room for promotion and growth. And especially if you're really learning it from the, the, the base, you know, from the ground up, you know, like you're really getting everything when you're a bed tender. You're really seeing it all, kind of. Um, you're seeing the policy side of things because, you know, there's always changing rules and you have patients coming in, complaining and having issues and you're having to deal with the marijuana commission and uh, you're seeing the packaging, you're seeing the, you know, efficacy Mm -hmm. in real time. You know what I mean? It's like, there's all these different elements that you're just kind of dealing with on a daily basis. Um, Not kind of you're dealing with it. (laughs) Um, Right. So, I mean, there's just a lot of opportunity there. And I think that um, it's just really important that we respect the people in those positions and we also hold them accountable. But the point of this is really more so that we can benefit by all knowing a bud tender in our lives um, and, and just, you know, nurturing that relationship and, and finding out how mm-hmm. can that improve your overall life and also your business if that applies to you. Um, because Well, and it's, and it's easy to, to do too. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, go ahead. But, that was um, I was just thinking that, especially in really populated areas, like Portland, for instance, Mm -hmm. there is a dispensary literally like every quarter of a mile. Mm -hmm. And when you have that many dispensaries and same with L.A., you really need to bring it to Uh keep your customer base. Uh And I think that that's why we're seeing bud tenders really start to improve themselves. But, but that's where you as a customer have a voice and you can change things is go in there, talk to the manager, say, Hey, look, you know, there's another one right down the street. That's just as good as you. I would, but I want to shop here. You know, I'd really love it if your bud tenders could just know a little bit more of this or that. And they'll tell you what's realistic. Like if you say, Oh, I want my bed tenders to know exactly what I need. And it's like, well, we can't really do that, but we can Mm -hmm. give you a general idea. Um, but they can tell you, you know, you talk to the manager, but, but really it's all about just having a conversation and being open because the more you suggest, the more you talk about it, the more knowledge they have and the more they can help you and the more they can improve. Just like with, you know, products, talk about, you know, a a favorite candy or, or vape or whatever you have. If you think it could be improved, tell your bartender, tell the manager. Speaking of knowledge and improving, um, in this episode, we have two amazing, resources of knowledge i mean incredible talk about if, i mean if you need some extra oh, knowledge yeah, and so you want to find out some more information about this industry um check out dr lakeisha jenkins her website is drlakeisha.com and um she has so much information and you can also uh walk her and what's and what's she talking to us about because you did that yes, interview and i know so what is, is dr sharing diana interview heavy episode um <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Um, We just talk about how basically, you know, she is 
a revolutionary in the medical industry. Um, she's a naturopath, but she is looking at the whole patient and she is a big proponent of uh, whole plant medicine and she is just amazing. Nice. Um, and you can, you can actually go on her website and you can book time to actually consult with her and you could become a member like for oh, wow. five dollars every month and you can i get 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 some specialized content um she has different plans that she offers and she also has tours in jamaica medical tours we talked about that as well oh nice i know um and we also talked to joanna matson um of Canavada. And she is an Ayurvedic healer, um, and she works with plant medicine as well. And she, like Dr. Lakeisha, believes in the whole plant uh, living, you know, plant life, plant-based diets and things like that. Um, all good things. <laughs> yeah. All good things. Yeah. <laughs> they both have so much information I I on like their websites, I'm too. I'm doing um, a huge, I really like yeah, that. exactly. I, I feel like I'm doing a disservice. Like, it's one of those things where they're both so amazing. I just, I don't think I'm going to put it in words. And if I do, I'll sound like a total fangirl. <laughs> that's okay we like being fangirls i know but i think i scare people away a little bit sometimes <laughs> i don't mean to well you know well, yeah. a little intense but that's okay. okay well if you say so you only want people who who want it who really have it in them right exactly <laughs> yeah if you can't deal with me well scaredy cats need not apply exactly. to your friendship <laughs> Right. membership there exactly <laughs> um but anyway i think that the, they're both really amazing resources um for just anyone but especially if if you're a bud tender or you want to become a bud tender go there first you know go to their websites that's a great starting point um and just just see what's out there and to the people that aren't looking to become bud tenders be nice to your bud tenders <laughs> Make, make <laughs> oh my gosh this is coming from a girl who who is with a bud tender and i say well yes of course you should be nice to your bud tender but do not be afraid to ask your bud tender questions oh, right. don't be intimidated i mean the bud tender is there for you and i mean it was super intimidating for me to go to a dispensary for the very first time mm -hmm. um it, it just i just felt like everybody knew stuff and i didn't but that's not the case and i was really glad that i opened up and asked questions although obviously i didn't ask enough because, or I didn't tell him enough information about me because he gave me that 75 milligram chibachu. But, um, they, you know, they want to, they want to do right by mm -hmm. you. They want you to come back. Um, they're there for you. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, they don't think that they're, that you're stupid, especially now in the day of legalization. Mm -hmm. I went to mine before legalization. I had my medical card. And so it was different now with legalization. They expect you not to know much. Right. Right. And, they're not getting like commission on the product. So just keep that in mind too, you know, no. <laughs> just be nice to them if you can. And yeah, um, they don't really get a whole lot for, for recommending no, it. No. And, um, and like I said, you know, there are some restrictions depending on the state. So keep that in mind as well. Um, don't, don't expect too much, but it's a great starting point and it's an untapped resource, I believe, uh, for entrepreneurs and businesses in this industry. So, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much all we're talking about today. Unless you can think of anything else. <laughs> no, just that I'm so grateful for you. Aww. I'm into gratitude now. Aww. I'm into gratitude writing 
what I'm grateful for every day. And so I'm going to end this by saying I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for all our listeners for listening in and for downloading it. And don't forget to leave us reviews mm-hmm. because again, speak your mind. Right. If we're saying something that you don't like, or you want us to talk about something more, tell us because we don't know unless you reach out via social media or our email. Yeah. I mean, like I However said, I'm a lot and I talk shit sometimes. So call me out on it. (laughs) I won't be offended, please. Um, And we're always looking for suggestions and products to review and guests to interview. So please reach out to us at yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. We say it at the end of the episode, but I'll say it one more time. That's yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on social media. Um, And uh, we'll try to share the love and return the love call us out there yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, but anyway thank you for listening and i'm grateful to you as well leah thank you (laughs) i'm grateful for you you. to you Uh, i'm not that's all you're just grateful i'm just grateful i'm grateful to be alive um anyway and i am so on that note yeah exactly thank you for listening (laughs) and uh we appreciate you until next time bye Bye. Our first guest is Joanna Matson. Joanna Matson is the CEO and founder of Cannaveda. Cannaveda combines the healing power of cannabis with the proven medical and science-based approach to holistic healing by integrating the wisdom of Ayurveda with the intelligence of the endocannabinoid system. Cannaveda's counseling and consulting services are tailored to a person's needs, whether that be a large group corporate workshop retreat, or public speaking event. They offer in-person and online counseling services, along with semi-annual retreats in the Pacific Northwest in Mexico. So Joanna, what inspired the creation of Canaveda and what is it? That's a good question. Um, Thanks for asking. Well, you know, I've been a longtime believer in cannabis as both an agent of healing through its ability to open our minds and create kind of what I call a separation from the negative self-talk that a lot of us suffer from on a regular basis. Um, I've also found profound healing through the medical science behind Ayurveda and yoga, especially during a quest of mine to find long-term healing from the effects of Crohn's disease, which I was diagnosed with in 1991 and struggled pretty pretty horrifically for about 15 years with um, until I finally made some major life changes, um, including a a major surgery to remove parts of my intestines. But I came away with that with a a new idea that I needed to find another way to heal myself because this clearly hadn't been working for me. the pharmaceutical ramifications from an autoimmune disease, which is what Crohn's disease is, Mm -hmm. um, which is how it's typically treated allopathically is through medications and steroids and immunosuppressive drugs. And in my case, uh, low-level chemotherapy treatments becomes pretty overwhelming. And you start to to lose sight of what is actually being caused from inflammation and a disease process and what is being caused by the the pharmaceutical drugs. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was actually, so then years later, kind of after figuring a lot of this out, I was walking on the beach actually in Mexico. I had just finished teaching a week long retreat um, on yoga and Ayurveda to an amazing group of people down there. And I was on this just high, like literal natural high, just walking down the beach. And it's a very powerful place um, uh, around the, the Mayan ruins area. And I was kind of having a conversation with the universe about how do I get the message of Ayurveda out there? And how do I overcome the stigma and the 
kind of the negative connotation of people that use cannabis or pot or marijuana or whatever they called it at the time. Um, how do I get this across to the world? And I had this voice come in and say, you have to be audacious. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, audacious. And so I tried to kind of figure out what does that mean? And through that, I came up with the the, the name Canaveda. I said, what if I, because I really wanted to teach more about Ayurveda than anything, mm-hmm. but people have a hard time spelling it. They don't know how to pronounce it. They don't understand it, but it's such a simple form of medicine. And cannabis is such a massively healing plant when used correctly that I thought, well, if I, if I get the word cannabis out there, that'll turn people's interest on. It's kind of like, you know, a little soft porn or erotica makes people turn around and go, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe if I, if I get the cannabis out there first, and then I can teach people about Ayurveda and, and together they can create um, their own healing plan. I like that. I like that a lot. And a uh, fellow crony, by the way. <laughs> Uh, yeah um and (laughs) so i'm gonna skip over to the third question and go back because it kind of naturally flows since you were just talking about this if that's okay um in what ways do ayurvedic medicine and cannabis intersect well you know cannabis has been a part of so many forms of ancient and indigenous medicine going back really now we've found seeds and so seeds of the plant and support that the plant has been around the entire evolutionary uh, line of time of humans. Mm-hmm. So it's been in some way, shape or form as we know used. Mm-hmm. Well, Ayurveda also goes back, um, maybe not that far, but it's considered um, in many sacred texts as the oldest form of, of medicine, like an organized medicine system. You know, it was created before there was actually a written form of, of language. It was all orally passed down um, um, in India. And so not only in Ayurvedic medicine, but Chinese medicine and Western herbalism and a lot of the Native American traditions and traditions around South America and Southeast Asia have all used cannabis. And in Ayurvedic medicine, it was used not not often on its own, but typically in synergy with other formulas. Oh. It helps to increase the efficacy and it can balance out different properties of other of other um, herbs. Mm-hmm. And I have found personally kind of going up away from the, the, the ancient reasons or the old reasons why, you know, it was used in ceremony or tinctures or salves to, to, for me, I found that it can help create a more powerful, um, a more powerful solution to some of these really chronic issues. And also because if I'm working with someone from an Ayurvedic perspective, we are talking about mindfulness practices. We're discussing meditation and, and creating maybe a, a very simple or gentle yoga program. Um, we're talking about using different herbs, oils on the body in all different places and ways, um, changing our routines, maybe altering our food. And then if you add the benefit of the healing aspect of balancing our endocannabinoid system out with cannabis and all the different forms you can take it, now you're, you're kind of helping on a chemical level and working on the, the, the system of the body that oversees most all of all, if not all of the other systems. And then we're feeding and balancing the other systems of the body with these Ayurvedic modalities. So to me, it's what works for me. And it's what I've been using for years, just kind of not even thinking of it as a system, but just doing it. Um, so I thought, why not, why not offer them together? That's awesome. Um, so you also offer counseling sessions. Um, how can someone benefit from them and and what do they entail? Well, you know, I, when I work with, um, clients, I, I kind of consider myself more of like a conduit of experience and information than anything else. You know, I really, I really try to be that person that connects, 
my client that often becomes a friend um, with new ideas and new solutions and new routines, maybe even new spices and foods and oils and, and, and cannabis in its different forms. Um, so right there, I, I kind of consider myself like an information keeper and gatherer and then disseminator. Um, I don't pretend to have all the answers, but my intention is to help people understand their own true unique makeup or constitution. In Ayurveda, we refer to this as one's prominent dosha, which is, is talking about energy medicine and combining different proportions of the elements, space, air, fire, water, earth, that are, that are in some form combined together for every living adamant and inanimate object on earth and in the universe. So when I work with people, I am helping them first figure out who they are. And we don't even talk about cannabis for quite a while um, when I first meet someone. I mean, it gives myself, but really it gives my client a pretty accurate roadmap to what's necessary to create health and vibrancy in their own life. But it also gives them a map to better understand what behaviors and thought patterns, food choices, um, negative self-talk, you know, the little roommate in their head that's constantly jabbering in the background to them, like where they can notice all these things going on and how they can create a situation to get, when that takes them out of balance, how to pull themselves back into balance. And noticing when they're making choices that head them down a road towards disease, for example, if they're not already there, um, and then how to turn around and say, wait a minute, okay, I know this about myself now. I know this helps and this hurts. And so when I work with people, that's the first thing we work on for, for a good portion of the time. And then if I feel that it's appropriate and that they would really benefit from, then I, I introduce the concept of cannabis. Because to many of my clients, which I would say 65% of my clients are over the age of 70, um, they this is a really big idea for them. This right. is... I mean, this is so beyond their comfort level. I mean, some of them come in ready to go, like, oh, back right. in the 70s, I used to grow. I'm like, okay, yeah. we never thought about putting it in our right. food or, you know, in the suppository. This mm-hmm. is crazy. So, but most of my people that I work with aren't, that's not them. And so Ayurveda is a new concept and, and yoga is almost a, an impossible concept in their mind. And cannabis is something that they're interested in because it's on TV. They're reading about it in the news, but they really don't know how to even ask the right questions. But first, I bring it always back to, well, who are you? Like, let's talk about you first. And then let's even see if this is appropriate because it's not like a, a one size fits right. all. Just take this and go home and call me in 60 yeah. days. And one way to in, kind of slowly introduce the older generation to cannabis is CBD, because I know that from all the, you know, the very conservative elderly people in my life, they're like, oh, the CBD, let's talk about that. So that just leads me to my next question. What does it mean to be a clinician of CBD? Well, I have spent, um, you know, I was going to say the last five years, because that's when I really dove in and took courses, but it's been a, it's been a lifelong journey since I was probably, oh, 15. And, and that's, that's going on over 30 something years. So for a long time, I've been like learning about cannabis and all the different ways you can learn and diving in on why it's considered medicine. Cause that definitely was a new concept to me when I hit, I would say in the last 10 years, like when I, I remember going being bond that when California went legal, um, and I was looking at all, and they listed Crohn's disease. And I kind of, I was like, well, yeah, it helped me eat and it helped me feel better, but it definitely didn't cure me. What are they talking about? So then I just kind of said, well, wait, you know, way to go, Californians. If you can legalize smoking pot, I am all on board. You know, I just really didn't understand because I was 
raising kids, dealing with my own stuff and learning Ayurvedic medicine. And, and it was just a, a side thought. And then um, my dad was diagnosed with stage four metastatic melanoma in uh, June of 2015. And I, a few months prior to that, a really dear friend of mine who was quite the intuitive, she looked at me and she said, you are going to have a family member diagnosed with advanced cancer, someone very close to you. And you're going to dive in and learn everything there is about cannabis oil to save his or her life. And then you're going to teach the world. And I kind of looked at her and said, well, that's quite a lofty thought. And that really makes me sad. I hope it's not any time. You know, it was like a depressing thought to me because all I remembered was the first sentence, someone that you love is going to have cancer. And it was, that was in April. And in June, my dad was diagnosed and it was completely out of left field. And um, he had been suffering from Crohn's disease his whole adult life, like 35 years as me, um, and just dealt with it with like pills. You know, my dad was the kind of guy that just give me a pill and my scotch and I'm fine. I'm not going to change my diet. I'm not going to do anything besides golf. And so he kind of had his set ways and, you know, in the South. And um, I was there for the diagnosis. It was my first experience, um, like literally being in a room with someone getting that kind of diagnosis. And, and it, was, it, was, um, it was something I'll never forget. And because it was such an advanced case, the doctor, I mean, she was shaking, telling us the story. I and mean, she was like, there's really nothing that we think is can be done, but you need to go see the specialist and they'll let you know. So I was on the phone within 20 minutes, literally, I luckily I live in a good place and with people that I trust and know and said, well, I need to learn everything about cannabis oil and I need this made like overnight and I need it now. And people that are just very gracious with their time and, and effort and trust jumped on board and helped me to source the right medicine. And I put together a protocol with help of a lot of research online um, for my dad and presented it to him within a couple days and said, you know, you basically have two choices, die or this. What do you, what do you think? And he said, let's try this. And so I didn't expect it. I honestly thought maybe he would be um, more resistant because this isn't, he's not someone that's ever been on the side of, of, you know, legal pot or anything like that, but we went for it. And so I created um, kind of a, a new lifestyle for him and my mom to try to follow without overly stressing them out because they were very stressed, as you can imagine. And anyone that's been through this knows that all of a sudden, like your life flashes in front of you really quickly. So, you know, we called in the grandchildren and we got everybody around because we, we don't know what's going to happen. And he started following like a different way of eating and a little bit different routine with his lifestyle and taking some pretty powerful Ayurvedic herbs and doing a detox cleanse that was safe and, and, and not too over, um, over weak. You can weaken your system too much with these if you overdo it with the detox. And um, the cannabis oil. And we went through a learning curve of how do you get up to the standard doses at the time that I was being taught, which it still is to many people, depending on what the cancer is, you know, a certain amount of day for a certain amount of days. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of cannabis. And we went through uh, three weeks of some serious learning curves and really low blood pressure days where I had to figure that out. And he made it through the summer and at the end of the summer had a scan and his tumors were all shrinking. And it was kind of mind blowing and they continued to go in that direction. And he just had his um, three year plus scan done, uh, I guess four year almost now uh, last week. And they called me on when they got home from Emory and said, well, everything's still stable. So, oh my gosh. And his Crohn's disease is wow. completely gone now. Um, he had a colonoscopy, and they said, we don't even see a sign of this. And you've had this yeah. for 35 years. What have you done differently? Did yeah, you tell him? Did you totally. tell him? You know? But no, I told them and they don't them. listen. They <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I did too. They don't really care that much, but I mean, some do. When you get the right person that that's really does true. care, it's, it's, it's it makes it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's you know, so to be a clinician, you know, so then what I did basically to that's a long <laughs> answer to your question, but um, I <laughs> I did a lot of nonstop research. I constantly had my mind blown of all the case studies out there and the anecdotal experiences I was hearing and reading and learning about out of the University of Jerusalem and studies mm-hmm. from the seventies and the eighteen hundreds, and I was, mm-hmm. I was blown away. And so I, you know, I signed up and I took some online courses. I went through the Medical Cannabis Institute, and then I was asked to teach at the Holistic Cannabis Academy on the East Coast, like some online courses combining Ayurveda and cannabis. And I kind of was on my way. I'm like, well, I guess this is what I'm meant to be doing right now. And I guess everyone that knows me and and remembers that I was a PTO mom now knows how I stand on the cannabis wow. issue, you know, because <laughs> I was a closet. I mean, I was very closeted with yeah. my with my use because of the situation I was right. in raising my kids at the time. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate for how many years that we all had to, you know, I mean, still, still it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. so in your opinion, how can CBD impact healthcare in the future, like conventional healthcare? Yeah. Well, I think most importantly um, is it allows people to step out of that vicious cycle of pharmaceutical overload and toxicity. You know, so many issues, so many symptoms um, is, you know, people are caught up in this murky, Mm -hmm. muddy mess of a gray area as to whether or not what they're feeling is caused by this original problem that now they may not even remember and or from what they're taking. And, you know, when I see clients, I ask them, I used to ask people, bring me a list of what you're taking. And now I say, I actually want you to put it in a mm-hmm. bag and bring it with you. Bring me everything you take either every day or on a weekly basis or when, or whatever you can. If it's an IV infusion, bring me a, like a you know piece of paper that lists the exact drug. And I go through it with them. And I have been so shocked and so disheartened and disgusted by some of the pharma, the lists of drugs that people are, usually it's, it's our senior citizens too, the ones that have like Medicaid and different good good insurance, good in quotes, but um, they're taking medications that oftentimes have very toxic, if not fatal side effects. I've seen this with my own mother. I've seen it with clients that are prescribed medication for something they don't even have. I had one man that was given a thyroid medication and his thyroid was tested fine. And he also took a heart medicine and could, because he had to, to live and combined the two could cause him to bleed out and die. And, you know, and I said, why are you taking both of these? He's like, well, my doctor, one doctor put me on this and the other put me on that. So, and then they have fatigue and they have, um, dementia and stomach problems and all these different people. And I'm like, this is crazy. If we just introduce some CBD in your life, let's see what we can start tapering off first. And that usually is a pain medicine and then maybe a sleep medicine. And then hopefully the anxiety medicine, maybe the antidepressive medicine, the anti-nausea medicine. And next thing you might be down to just one or two act actual necessary pharmaceuticals for your survival that even then with proper lifestyle herbs mindset mindfulness practices and cannabis you might get off of all of your meds i mean i did and i've been off for 15 years and um which is supposedly unheard of with crohn's and graves disease you know i had diagnosed um, well i have endometriosis (laughs) and crohn's but and uh, up a host of other things but yeah and when i tell the doctors i'm not on any pharmaceuticals they're like they they treat me hostily i would say because they think i'm disregarding my health and i'm like you you see this right i had a stomach full of ulcers from head to toe right not stomach head to toe but you know what i mean top to bottom not they're gone gone not even a trace 
And you'd think they would say, what is working? <laughs> but they don't. No, no, they don't. You know, it's interesting. My father, each time he goes back, you know, they you, you go through so much stress leading up to the day of the scan and then waiting for the result of the scan, mm-hmm. waiting for that next appointment. And some cancer centers do it better than others. Um, unfortunately, where right. he goes, they do not. Um, five hours sitting like in a waiting room, sitting in traffic on both it's ends. It's a part-time you know, my job mom's at least. Because she, she tends you to know. It's a part-time job and, and they tend to assume yes. the worst is happening every time. And so it's like getting prepared. We're getting prepared. And the mm-hmm. stress of that alone on your body right. can cause cancer in itself. And and what killed me is then the doctor, the oncologist doesn't show no. up to even give them the good news. Sends in like, and maybe not even their own nurse. But if it was some news, the doctor shows up and gives you like 24 hours to make a decision. Well, you need to do this now or we can't help you. And it, it's just the stress yes. that they put people under is insane. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, as we know, especially in this industry, it's pharmaceutical they own funded everything. and based. So I think CBD can potentially put the pharmaceutical companies in a very different power structure I where they don't so. have the same power. Yes. And that's what they're afraid oh, of. Oh, yes. And I could go on all day. I mean, literally all day. I could sit here and talk to you about this. Um, <laughs> and I want to have you back on and talk to you about this some more. And and you have discussed some of your expertise in some articles I've written. So I'm going to put some links into that on the episode um, that you air that we air um anyway uh I'm, we're gonna try to get through the next couple of questions kind of quickly because my battery is about to die i i hope you don't think i'm rushing you i just i i'm in a location where i don't have my charger no, i should have it but um okay so what is your favorite part of your work oh i would say watching the light bulb come on when my clients realize they have power over their healing um, when they see that they can make a simple and sometimes major change, but oftentimes it's like a bunch of simpler, they're kind of sh- surprised by some of the things I recommend, um, you know, t- to make some shifts in their life and their mindset. And then they have hope. And when people, when I have grown men in their seventies, walk out my door and give me a hug with tears and they say, Oh, you're the first person that's giving me hope or you're the first person that's not recommended. I do something that feels against my instinct or my against what my gut tells me is right. Um, That makes it all worth it. Cause there's definitely days like any other day, you know, it's, it, there are days when it, it doesn't feel like a job and there's days when it does. Um, And the days when it does sometimes, and I have someone come over and I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I'm not in the best mindset to help someone usually within the first 30 seconds it all shifts and and I just I I almost fall in love with everyone I work with because Mm -hmm. they're they're so vulnerable at that time and especially to be coming into a space with an unknown with you know a a type of therapy they can't pronounce with a drug that used to be illegal that people still go to jail for I mean I'm I'm, I'm a little out there (laughs) and so when they come into my place they're usually a little unsure of themselves they're kind of looking around like well this is weird what's that smell you know I mean it's just kind of different and um and I would say almost every time there's a few exceptions to everything um, we, people leave and we're hugging and there's tears and it's like this whole new way of potentially living that they that's never amazing. considered before. That's amazing. And I love that part. That's, that's really exciting. And I think if, uh, more people understood Crohn's disease, uh, because I don't think it's, it's talked about enough. Um, but if they understood the massive difference that cannabis can make to this disease, I mean, I try to tell as many people as I can, but it's, unbelievable it really truly is unbelievable um how 
the possibilities, you know, just with CBD alone. Um, and like you said, I think when you taper down from all the pharmaceuticals, that's when you really see what it can do. Because when you're taking CBD with all of the other things, I feel it's hard to tell. And so um, I really appreciate the work you're doing and it's amazing. And we're so lucky to have you on here. Um, do you have anything specific to promote or call to action? <laughs> well, that's a wonderful question. Well, actually, yes, I am launching my own specialty line of Ayurvedic Woo-hoo! herbal CBD products <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, called Zveda, which is like zebra. Uh, so Zveda Botanicals, and we're hoping to go live next month. Um, it might be May, but we're really pushing for an April launch. And um, basically, we're putting together custom formulations, uh, combining authentic Ayurvedic formulas with really beautiful, superior quality, organically grown CBD oil that's made from a third generation farming family um, in Oregon. And um, some beautiful essential oils, different blends for both use as tinctures and topical oils, teas. And in Ayurveda, we love oil. We put oil in every orifice in the body and on every drop of skin that we have. And so I'm really going to be focusing quite a bit on on why we do that and and the different formulations of why we use different herbs and oils with the CBD on our head, for instance, versus our hair, versus in our mouth, versus up our nose. And so all of these ways that we nourish the body um, through our skin and the senses, because the senses is what help creates our mind and all of our senses lead to our mental functionality. So it's really important that we stimulate and nourish our senses. So that's coming out soon. And um, they're going to, it's going to be a membership program and it's going to be uh, along with lots of educational videos, how to use the oils. We're going to have fun with it. There's going to be podcasts awesome. and special events and it'll be quarterly shipments of like a specialized bliss box full of what would be for your dosha or your constitution. So it'll be like a little online questionnaire and um Everything's going to be made with love and in all recyclable or, or reusable packaging. So just trying to bring together like 20 years of ideas and dreams into a line. Of, That's awesome. Uh, and I hope products. that we get to try them and um, promote them on the show. And because we love to review products and include them as much as possible. And I, this sounds exciting. Regardless, I want to try yeah, everything. It's, it's um, It sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for spending time with us today and, and, and just imparting your um, infinite wisdom and amazing knowledge. And thank you for all the work that you do. Uh, please come back on again anytime. We'd love to have you. I would love to. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to talk to you and um, to have this conversation. And I look forward to, to more of them. Thank you so much. Our next guest is Dr. Lakeisha Jenkins. Dr. Lakeisha Jenkins holds a doctorate in naturopathy and is a professional member of the American Herbalist Guild. Her core competencies include utilizing herbs as the basis of nutrition to help combat the symptoms of a myriad of illnesses. Additionally, through research and consulting practicum, Dr. Lakeisha has become proficient in identifying the active constituent and cannabinoid profiles in botanicals and integrating those profiles together in herbal compounds. She is the founder and CEO of the Kiona T. Jenkins Foundation of Natural Health, a 501c3 holistic health nonprofit organization. So, Dr. Lakeisha, what is a naturopath? Am I pronouncing that correctly? (laughs) And how does it pertain to cannabis? So, um, as a traditional naturopath, uh, we believe that there's one illness, and that's the absence of health. Mm -hmm. 
whatever that means for you. So I know that you get like, you know, um, you go into the doctor, you present these symptoms, and then based on the way that your symptoms present, they give you a disease diagnosis. And based on that disease diagnosis, they have a treatment protocol. Where in naturopathy, we're more like, okay, you're not in balance. Like your body's not in homeostasis. Right. So why aren't you? Like, I don't know, but we're going to go through the steps to figure out what's the root cause of your imbalance. And then we're going to address that. One of the reasons that I absolutely love focusing on the endogenous cannabinoid system and supplementing that system nutritionally is because it is the epicenter of homeostasis. It actually helps to induce homeostasis in the system. It is a regulatory system responsible for um, supporting a number of other systems and another, a number of functions like cognitive function, you know, sleep patterns, digestion, endocrine function, so your hormones, uh, inflammatory response. So by focusing on the endogenous cannabinoid system and phytocannabinoid supplementation through cannabis, to really get to the root cause, which is an imbalance in the system and do really um, serve my profession very well because I'm, I'm living my personal truth through walking my patients through the ways that they can address endogenous cannabinoid system deficiencies. How is being a health professional different in this space compared to a more traditional one? So um, I think it's more that we really understand the entire human body and how it works. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily specialize in any one thing. So you can't, you know, like, well, I'm an ear, nose and throat doctor. So I can't tell you like about, you know, like your, your endocrine function or anything like that. No, it's like, we look at you holistically. My and spirit even so we take the whole person into account and then not only that like i said as a naturopath we really believe in living as close to nature as possible mm -hmm. and we really feel like nutrition is half the battle in you know, obtaining like optimal health so we really use nutrition as one of the the tools in our toolbox the major tool in our toolbox to help you um obtain maintain regain optimal health. And I think in the um, conventional medical profession, nutrition is an afterthought. Mm -hmm. It's not a tool that they really use. Right. It's just an afterthought in, in their treatment process. I know that firsthand as a Crohn's disease patient. I mean, it's, it's wild to me that my diet wasn't even considered. It still isn't really considered when I go to see, um, and I should say conventional, not traditional. <laughs> A right. um, gastroenterologist, it's it it never really becomes part of the discussion until I say um, I'm incorporating CBD into my diet, or you know, and then they may discuss it a bit. But even then, it's not really something that they talk about, like they really factor in. Um, so to that effect, why is it so important to balance holistic and Western medicine? Oh, because you know. <laughs> but the root <laughs> like let me be politically correct here no i'm just kidding um, mm -hmm. um you know the the root word for doctor is scary 
it actually means to teach. You know what I mean? Like, I think that some of the conventional medical doctors forget that they're supposed to be teachers and empowering their patients to take a proactive approach to their health. And maybe not supposed to be so reactionary. You know, I think we've sort of trended to sick care as opposed to preventative, you know, sort of medicine. And so with, yeah, so with traditional medicine or alternative and complementary, we really focus on prevention. Like, okay, let's teach you some good best practices, like permanent lifestyle changes. So these, you know, um, chronic degenerative and terminal illnesses hopefully don't plague you. Let's get you out of the realm of being a statistic of going down that road. But then if you do, let us help you with other, you know, complementary things that you can do, mostly based on nutrition to help your body to heal. Because at the end of the day, our body really is a a self-healing organism. Like if you give your body the constituents that are required to sustain life. So vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, those types of things that are required to sustain life, it can will repair itself in a lot of instances. And I think that with conventional medicine, they're not trained to think that way. It's like, we have to intervene. There's right. something that we have to do to make you do this. You know what? From the dawn of time, like we've always been doing this. Like this is what our body was made to do. Like you make it do something <laughs> right encourage it gently mm-hmm. to perform its functions naturally so i think that a healthy balance between the two because don't get me wrong conventional medicine definitely has its place right mostly in my opinion it's like in emergency situations to arrest death but right. <laughs> you know no uh, i do <laughs> i do <laughs> but like it definitely is a balance. It's definitely right. a balance. You need both. And I think if you think about it holistically, um, it they, they both have their place. Right. I, I am such a huge proponent for what you're saying. I mean, that's what I've been trying to <laughs> get people to understand for so long. And, you know, it's it's just it makes the world a difference, I think, when you look at it that way and you approach it that way. Um, to switch gears a little bit. What was the driving force behind creating the California Cannabis Industry Association? And can you talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So the California Cannabis Industry Association is a trade organization that represents cannabis business. So I think that um, in California, the cannabis industry was built on a movement of Mm -hmm. activism and patients' rights. And then that sort of turned into an industry. So the laws that we had, like Prop 215 and SB 420 and those types of things, like they helped to define what a patient could do or what patients' rights are in accessing medical cannabis in the state of California. But it really didn't help define how you can create a business around that or as a provider of services or products for patients, what level of protection you have at all. So the California Cannabis Industry Association was really born to to give that voice to industry professionals who were providing products and services to 
patients, but didn't really have very much level of protection in the law because since we didn't have a, a firm regulatory framework around the industry, you know, it was really left up to interpretation by whatever law enforcement you happen to come across at any given time on whether you were compliant or not. So we felt that there was a need to create regulations around the medical cannabis industry and give definition to what a cannabis business can and cannot do. And that's really where the California Cannabis Industry Association was born, to give a voice to cannabis business and business owners. That's awesome. In your opinion, what is the biggest misconception about cannabis? That it's not necessary for everyone to consume it Mm -hmm. because phytocannabinoid supplementation as a nutritional supplement is is required to maintain life. Mm -hmm. So the endogenous cannabinoid system is is formed very early in gestational age. Mm -hmm. And although we produce endocannabinoids, you know, naturally, just like every other thing in our body, like hormones and iron and a, a host of other things, we don't produce enough of it on our own supplement nutritionally it's required the body doesn't just make these things right uh, same thing not not in sufficient quantities i should say to really support your entire system same thing with the endogenous cannabinoid system we don't produce enough endocannabinoids to support that system and the closest botanical with the phytocannabinoid profile that matches in chemical composition the endocannabinoids that our brain produces naturally is cannabis. So unless you have been supplementing nutritionally with like another herb or hemp-based product, so like hemp with like, there are a number of botanicals, um, skullcap, passionflower, hops, you know, unless you have been cognizant of the fact that you have this system and you've been supporting it nutritionally, Mm -hmm. chances are, you're so deficient that now you need real therapeutic level supplementation. And that really can only be obtained through the phytocannabinoids found in cannabis. Mm-hmm. So the conception, uh, what I like to say is um, the, um, the, the misinformation and miseducation around the existence of the endogenous cannabinoid system, its function, and literally the necessity to supplement that system on a a nutritional level Mm -hmm. is really the civil rights issue of modern times because it's creating health and medical disparities that don't need to exist. Absolutely. It's a big deal. Yeah, it really is. Um, what does your typical online consultation include and who can benefit? Well, everyone can benefit, I know, but <laughs> yeah, so who specifically do you think? You about the endogenous cannabinoid system and ways that you could supplement and all those things. That's really what happens um, in the consultation. So if you go on my website at drlakeisha.com, mm-hmm. there's actually endogenous cannabinoid system deficiency test. So right now, there are no measures for the appropriate amount of endocannabinoids that need to be in the system to induce homeostasis. Mm -hmm. So it's a very individualized thing. You sort of have to figure it out on your own. Mm -hmm. It's really not a good idea to figure it out strictly on your own because a lot of times when we get the wrong product 
and the wrong delivery method and the wrong dose, mm-hmm. we come to the conclusion that phytocannabinoid supplementation is not something we should do because we had an adverse side effect. We didn't like it. It was horrible. And it was just because we got, or it was ineffective. Mm-hmm. And it was because we got the wrong product with the wrong delivery method with the wrong dose. So a lot of what I focus on in my consultations is talking to you about your health history, um, about your your um, your diet, like what it is that you eat, what your nutrition's like, what your digestion's like, and help you to realize how you can use phytocannabinoid supplementation or other herbs and nutritional station to bring homeostasis or balance to your system. So we work on the root causes mm-hmm. of ever ails you and we try to create a reversal of that and actually heal your system that's awesome and you're awesome (laughs) i can't say that enough uh what is your favorite part of your work uh the favorite part of my work Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it's really just identifying and working with people Mm -hmm. um especially on the patient level like on the one-on-one level Mm -hmm. so i drawn a lot into policy, working on cannabis policy, laws and regulations and, you know, those things. And I'm really good at it. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. Um, playing politics. I hate playing politics, but I'm good at that too. Mm-hmm. But what I really like is dealing with patients one-on-one and empowering them, mm-hmm. a proactive approach to their health, to see a patient that just felt like they were never going to experience health and healing to empower them with the knowledge that it's possible, not only possible, but probable, and then give them the tools to walk down that road and figure it out. And then for them to come back to me and say, Hey, I've experienced this true healing that I was looking for. And it was through your suggestion of this, this, and this, but then through my research, I found this, this, and this, and I put that together and I created this beautiful thing that has given me the greatest quality of life. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the most rewarding thing in the world to me. That's amazing. I love hearing somebody say that out there who actually deals with patients because, you know, it's it can be dehumanizing sometimes in, in the conventional medicine world <laughs> when they don't yeah. when they don't want to empower you and they actually act annoyed when you have knowledge. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been told, I've been called the type A patient, you know, and I've, I've been referred to lovingly, (laughs) just kidding (laughs) in like that kind of a way, like, Oh, you don't Google, like, don't, don't search this. It's like, um, this is what I do for a living. (laughs) I will research it. it. So there's a couple of things that I tell my patients. Number one, don't believe what I say, research what I say. Like I tell my patients literally that. That's awesome. First of all. The, the mission, the core mission of our organization is to um, to use resources and conventional wisdom to encourage people to take a proactive approach to their health mm-hmm. through advocacy, support services, and education. So we really want to empower you. And then the last thing I say is, listen, if you go to a doctor and they tell you that they know how you work better than you know how you work, probably run out of the door (laughs) that they're not the doctor for you because no doctor can tell you how you perform more optimally i mean you've been living with you your entire life so you should at least be a part of the conversation yes this is like me clapping over here yay 
<laughs> if I had that sound effect, like, yay, uh, standing ovation. Um, <laughs> so do you have anything specific to promote or a call to action? I know you have so much going on right now. Yeah, so one of the things um, that we actually have is um, I'm really big on the education, if, if you know, education, education, education. So we're hosting some endogenous cannabinoid certifications for any person, medical professional, cannabis industry professional, anyone who wants to learn more about the endogenous cannabinoid system, its function, how to create products, how to titrate those products, um, just to get certified in, in saying that you really understand how the system works and how to support it best. We're hosting some educational course weeks in Jamaica. The first one is going to be April 15th through 19th in Kingston. Uh -huh. And we're going to have the 420 Festival with the University of the West Indies. But it's those types of things that I really, the call to action is to um, say to those of us who know about the endogenous cannabinoid system and the benefits of phytocannabinoid supplementation through uh -huh. cannabis, understand that we have a moral obligation to educate everyone else on that. Because again, health and medical disparities are being created. They're being exacerbated. People are literally dying and they don't have to. We have a moral obligation to change that. So my call to action, even if you don't do one of my educational course, you know, weeks or anything like that, Find some sort of education, please, anywhere. Arm yourself, arm your family, arm your community, arm your religious leaders, arm your neighbors, arm your children, everyone with this level of education. That is definitely my call to action. Thank you so much, Dr. Lakeisha, for spending your time with us today and sharing your infinite wisdom. And I can't wait to have you back on to go more in depth with everything that you have going on and everything that you offer. And um, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Diana. I really appreciate you having me on. And anytime. I'll be back anytime. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. That's yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at highnesspodcast. That's at highnesspodcast. Thanks again.